The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. New Orleans. Drink the Kool-Aid, man. Keep your fire lit. 94. It was spectacular. Number seven. It was electric. That line. If I do my job well today, well, I'll remember where we were. Hovering just off the surface. Run over the goal line, through the end zone, and up the tunnel. Number nine. A lot of people looked up to this man. Life just cannot get any better than this moment. Live it. While we're here, and they're gonna run across the Jumbotron, let's make it a place where we break a sweat, where we believe, where we enjoy the process of succeeding in the places and ways that we are fashioned to, where we don't have to look over our shoulder because we're too busy doing what we're good at, traveling towards immortal finish lines. We write our own book, overcoming our fears. We make friends with ourselves. And that is the place. That I'm talking about. Matthew McConaughey is with us until the Saints are world champions. Uh, as always, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. We are sponsored by JLD Hot Sauce and Knives. Guys, they have the best hot sauce. Their award-winning hot sauce, Boot Jolikia, comes in hot, extra hot, my personal favorite, Thai flavors. They also have Reaper Madness Special Reserve made with the Reaper Pepper from Carolina. And for the Brave, you can get the Death Shot. It has the extract of 10 Reaper chilies in each one-ounce bottle. JLD has the highest quality handmade knives you'll find anywhere, including ones for hunting, fishing, and cooking. Go to JLDSharpSauce.com and use the code SAINTS and get 10% off your offer today. And for the playoffs, all month long, we have a special offer. You go to JLDSharpSauce.com, use the code SAINTS, get 10% off your order, and you spend $25, we will send you a bitching Saints Happy Hour Podcast Magnet. Once again, that's JLDSharpSauce.com. That's great, Ralph. Are we done with that? Yeah, we are done with that. Because I have a bone to pick now. And, uh, you know, I I was happy after the Saints won. I I have to admit, um, euphoric might be the right word. And it didn't take very long for ESPN and the national coverage to basically try to kill my buzz. Now, I'm not going to say they they were successful in doing so, uh, but I'm a little pissed. And uh, the disrespect, once again, of the New Orleans Saints, it never stops the constant disrespect. Disrespect? Are you Actually, you play the clip. Yeah. Way out of line, way out of line. You know what hurts the most is the, the lack of respect. You know? That's what hurts the most. Except for this. Except for the other thing. That hurts the most. But the lack of respect... Hurts the second most. Dude, like... I honestly my, have no idea what we're even talking about. I, my, I well, he, I'll tell you what the problem is, Dave. It's so when this is, is going to be news to me. It, when the Saints win the game 20-14, to 14, they win the game, and they're going to the NFC Championship, and all I hear is Alshon Jeffrey dropped the pass and mm-hmm. let down Nick Foles, and the Eagles had their chances, and they could have beaten the Saints, and they didn't follow through. That's all I heard. That's I, I wanted to soak they're it all in. I wanted to do a NFC East team. And instead, all I got was the usual <laughs> bullshit East Coast biased. And the story wasn't the amazing comeback by the Saints. It wasn't the defense that shut them out for three quarters and held them to 90-something yards at, at a clip of 30 yards per quarter. It, it wasn't It wasn't Marshawn Latimer getting two picks in the game, including the game clincher. It wasn't Michael Thomas breaking the fucking record for receiving yards for the Saints in a playoff game. It wasn't Drew Brees and how he was able to orchestrate a 117-yard drive marred by penalties in third and 17s 
where it took 11 minutes for him to punch it in the end zone. It wasn't any of those things. It wasn't the fake punt with Taysom Hill. It wasn't the fourth and two pass to Kirkwood. I mean, pick it. There was anything you could have picked to talk about the Saints and how great their win was to put them in the NFC Championship. It was all about the Eagles, and it was freaking typical. Are your kids asleep right now, Andrew? Yeah, they're, I'm in the basement. They're on the second floor sleeping. I have to say, I think one thing Andrew is right, and Nick Foles looked like a fucking discount cat burglar in his fucking postgame wearing the – Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me say cat. one more thing about Nick Foles. Like, at what point – now, he's had four interceptions in two games, and he put up, what, 16 against Chicago and 14 against the Saints? Yeah. Is that right? Is yeah. that right? At what point do we stop this insanity of this magic bullshit and acknowledge the fact that he just threw four picks in two games and put up barely put up 20 points between both of them? Or sorry, no, that's bad math. 30 points. Um, when are we going to acknowledge that he kind of sucked in these playoffs? He was Nick Bortles. He wasn't Big Dick Nick. He was... Nick Bortles in these playoffs. Uh, I mean, I, I love the rain, Andrew, because I fucking hate the Eagles. I hate the East Coast nonsense. The, the Dallas, the Philadelphia, the Washington, the Giants. I hate it all. The, the New England. I hate all the East Coast bias uh, NFL bullshit. So it was, I loved Duran. Uh, Dave, we didn't get your thoughts on the playoff game. The one thing I will say, I know you were at the game, Dave. I thought the people exiting the stadium after the Saints had won, it reminded me of the 2000 game after they beat the Rams. People were fucking euphoric. It was a combination of euphoria, relief, and alcohol. People were, I mean, they were more, I think, I think that's the most excited I've seen (laughs) Saints fans leave a game Besides the NFC Championship in 2009, it's the most I've seen them excited to leave a Saints game in a generation. Seriously. Like, people were euphoric. It was it didn't feel like just a divisional round playoff win. It felt like this magical thing happened yesterday. Were you at the game? I was at the, I was at the game. Oh, okay. Uh, I just wasn't sure if you were talking from experience or whether you just saw some... No, I was there. ...news clips. Um... Yeah, I, you know, it was it was awesome. Um, you know, I was trying to think, actually. I mean, when was the last time the Saints actually hosted a division divisional playoff game? 2009. Yeah, I mean, that it was the last time. It wasn't like that after the Arizona game, though. It was not like that. Mm, I don't know. I, nah, I, I don't know about that. I think you could make an argument that it probably was. Um, but, I mean, yeah. But this R- is... Ralph is the ultimate prisoner of the moment, man. I know. I, I, I know. You, you, you'd, like, totally forgotten what that season was like. <laughs> no, but, I mean, I felt like the Arizona game, it was it was a blowout, though. It was like, oh, we took care of business, now Minnesota. Like, I, that game, people were happy, but it wasn't, it wasn't like it was yesterday. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broom 
Gate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broom Gate. Well, it just wasn't. I, I, uh, you know, it was a great atmosphere. It was a totally great atmosphere. It was great to have the later game. Uh, everybody got a chance to get some liquor in them. Uh, you know, but again, this is this is this is the deepest playoff game that's ever been held in the dome since 2009 so i mean you know this wasn't like last year where that was just a wild card game against the panthers i mean this was this was it win and you're going to the nfc championship uh and this was you know win this and you've already gone further than last year you know when the vikings stopped you Um, how was the mood for the carolina game last year because i didn't go so it was it was you know i mean it was it was good. It was a little bit better than a regular season game, but I mean, it, it wasn't anything compared to yesterday. Absolutely not. It was not even close. Um, but, uh, you know, I wanted to say, you know, Andrew said, you know, they could, the, the mainstream media could be talking about anything. There were so many different points of the game. I wanted to mention my points. Um, one, first of all, I'm going to toot my own horn here. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but at halftime, I, I tweeted on the Canal Street Chronicles uh twitter and i said i said that's it like <laughs> the eagles the eagles have 14 points that's all the points they're going to have for the rest of this game i, I can yeah. confirm I, you yeah, did say that i saw that I, I said that at halftime i said this is it and the next touchdown if it's, the saints get a touchdown this game is over and sure enough i mean you nailed and, it yeah, and I mean, but I, I'm not some psychic. I've just been paying attention to the team. I've been paying attention to what Dennis Allen has been doing in the second half of football games. He shuts everybody down. And I'm going to say the same thing for next week when they play the Rams. <laughs> the Rams better score all their fucking points in the first quarter and a half because it's over after that. They're done. They need to they need to come out hot and they need to score points really fast because once Dennis Allen makes his adjustments and once uh, once those defensive guys get comfortable out there, uh, it's over. They shut it down. I don't want to other- rain on. I don't want to rain on Dave's parade here, but Dave, I, I just want to point out when the Saints played the Rams last time, the exact opposite happened. I understand that, but that was that was that before was, the it's day. It's a new day. Well, it is. No, no. I, I mean, the, Den, the, the Saints have have started this this defensive mo. Yeah, that's true. They, Eli they, Apple they, is the, kind of uh, he's gotten. Yeah, Eli Apple is comfortable now. Yeah, well, but I mean, yeah. but the, 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 but statistically, the Saints started this no points in the second half. They started at maybe week 14 or week 15 or something. And since then, it's been pretty, pretty consistent and pretty steady. The other thing I would say is I think Doug Peterson made a, a, a bad mistake uh, when he declined the penalty yep. and took fourth and inches as opposed to the third everyone in that fucking the building knew it was coming yeah, like, yeah. everyone yeah. knew it was coming yeah and i mean again i called i i called it then too uh you know when we were at the game obviously i didn't tweet it but I, you're right everybody knew it was going to be a direct snap to taste and sure enough it was and then the other thing i was going to say is i really liked when the saints got the ball first i again i knew i don't know i really felt in tune with peyton and the play calling uh yesterday but it's almost like he was speaking out, to you i knew i thought it might have been a play Actually, it wasn't. It was just a straight pass. But I knew they were going to take a shot deep right off the first play. And Drew, ter- that was a terrible throw by Drew. It was just totally unthrown. There would have been a touchdown if Drew had yes. thrown it. Yep. And I think that game, if if he hits that touchdown, that game's completely different. Like, I know it. You say it's one play, but whatever. That, it would have been an avalanche, and Eagles would have been dead. But the thing that I th- I feel like, as Saints fans and different things that and national media, whatever, Andrew, this gets back to your point, is we're kind of missing it all. And I tried to I tried to convey it in my column, but I don't think I did, is the Saints won a fucking playoff game with Sean Payton and Drew Brees at home where they scored 20 points. And it didn't feel like this weird thing. Like, Dave just excited. Like, we believe in this defense, and they did it. And it's not crazy because the defense has been playing good the last, you know, part of the year and we believe in it but i mean to be andrew in 2014 15 16 if i had told you the saints were going to score 20 points in a playoff game and fucking win you'd have looked at me like i had two fucking heads yeah yeah no it's true i mean look i gotta give a lot of credit to saints fans because i feel like you know we've been talking about the panic and just uh, I, was, the, I, will, I will not i will not deny it. i was in full i was fucking drunk and panicked and dave was telling me that my drunkenness was showing on the twitters uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i saw that um you know 
but no, I, I, I just, th- I just want to give kudos to Saints fans because I feel like the panic and the, you know, they've. I just feel like a lot of fans have been criticizing the team in victory. You know that they've been whining about style points and they've been whining about the way in which the Saints win. Yeah, they won, but what about this and what about this? Well, I, I just feel like finally in this game, it was another game where the Saints didn't look their best. Man, the offensive line was beat up. And, I mean, how much credit can you give to Armstead and Pete, who are so injured, uh, and to go out there and play? Well, we'll and get I know to Pete in a second. Really he, might be too, he might be too injured. He was – Yeah, but, but no, I, I, I want to give credit to Saints fans because I feel, by and large, they're reveling in this. They're, they are loving this victory, and it wasn't perfect. And the Saints didn't play their best. Um, you know, I thought off- it, defensively in the first quarter, it was a disaster. You know, and then they play great after that. And the offense just, I mean, it was a struggle the whole game. And special teams, you know, Lutz misses the field goal. So I, I just feel like this wasn't a great performance by the team top to bottom. But they find a way to win. And, and good, good on us for, I mean, I just felt like genuinely the fan base. And you, you mentioned just what the atmosphere was like in the game, but also just on Twitter. Um, I just feel like the mood is very happy, very positive, and that's the way it should be. I mean, enjoy this because this is only the third time in 52 years or however long the franchise. We lost Andrew, Dave, I think. Maybe he'll come back. Maybe he will. Baby, come back. Baby, come back. Baby, don't ever leave me. Baby, come back. Uh, there he is. <laughs> How long did you lose me? Oh, we got to leave that in. We got to leave that in. Oh, well, the singing stays. <laughs> uh, we lost you for about 10 seconds. Me and Dave were singing. No, we lost you for about 30 seconds. Was it 30? It felt like 10. Uh, but continue, Andrew. Or Andrew left and he's calling back. No, but Dave, the point that he's making, I felt like the oh. fans really hung in. Andrew, you know, we, we lost you for a bit. But I feel your point, like, the Saints fans, are, they're enjoying the win. But I felt like, Dave, they hung in. Like, we, we, we kept, like, put, like, that Lattimore interception really sort of got everybody back. And they really... Uh, there was some booing, though. There was a little groans. I mean, it was... Uh, it, was, it, was it was some groaning. Uh, I mean, that... A little bit. The fumble by Breeze. I think there was, think there was some groaning. A little, little bit of groaning. It was I think a groan, but I'm, I mean, you know, they looked like shit for a good <laughs> quarter. Um, but I, I felt like, Andrew, I felt like the, the, the mood at halftime with 14 to 10 was fine. People were like, it's fine. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I felt good, but at fourteen ten, it would it just felt like it was so much better than it could have been. I, I mean, the one thing, Dave, there was there's so much to get to, but for offense, I felt like your boyfriend wasn't involved enough. I, he only had like nine carries. I, I want I want Mark Ingram to be more involved. Well, I don't know. He he didn't really seem to be getting much uh you know when whenever he was getting the ball early on you know it's not like whatever game that was uh weeks ago where i was pissed off because when everybody knew that they should have been giving it to ingram more and they didn't was that dallas um but uh you know i don't think that he showed any showed signs of being the hot hand or anything uh and so i just i don't think that he I don't think that he was given as many much opportunity as as he would normally, and I just don't think you know. I just think the the way the game played out, I just I don't think it was his night. Yeah, I mean, Andrew, uh, back to the defense a little bit is we knew Philadelphia couldn't run the ball like that was going to be obvious, but the Saints lose Sheldon Rankin to. At times, I know the national media probably missed out on it, but at times we talked about, I know even Dave or you mentioned at stretches during the year, you're like, is he slightly better than Cam Drew? Is he like the Saints' best defender now? Like we had that discussion 
during this year at, at stretches, right? He, well, I mean, I think there were games where that was true. Yeah. I mean, he, and he, he, certainly, he certainly has cemented himself as a top four, um, you yeah. know, with DeMar Davis and, and Cam and, and Lattimore. And then I think depending on the game, he was number one or number two for sure. They lose him and plugged in Stallworth and Davison – and it was perfectly fine. Now I don't know if it can. I don't know if it can be fine going forward. We'll get to that later. But for them to be okay, like this roster, if there's a deeper team in the NFL, I'd like to see them because Philadelphia couldn't. They they bitched. People, their whole Twitter was bitching and complaining about how they ran out. The only reason the Saints beat them is because they ran out of player. And by the way. Philadelphia fans are the worst at far as far as trash talk and just they're not they like they need to talk to Atlanta fans about being able to make fun of Saints fans like they are terrible at it but anyway the depth of this team were, were you were you surprised at how Stallworth and Davison played to fill in Andrew, I'm here. Yeah, no, yeah, that was for me. Yeah, that was for you. Uh, no, I mean, I, I wasn't too surprised. I mean, I, I think the Saints are set up to mitigate this pretty well. I mean, I, I still think Davidson and Onyemata are, are good players. Yeah. I think Stallworth can can give them stretches of good play. And I don't know if you saw this, but what they were doing uh, on pass rushing downs is they would kick Okafor inside. And they and Davenport just played more, and I'm kind of intrigued at the possibilities of Davenport playing a little bit more. And I still think Okafor can do his thing inside. So, um, you know, maybe they get a little lighter on passing downs with Rankins out, but I I still think they're set up to be okay. I mean, you know, I'm not even going to pretend that not losing Okafor. I mean, sorry, Rankins is not a big deal. It is. I mean, he's a great player, but I I don't think the drop off is super significant i think you know they don't have that guy that's like consistently winning in a disruptor up the middle but i still think on yamada and okafor and and you know if davenport's playing a little bit more there, there's a lot of potential there they my concern my concern with rankins is isn't necessarily this year it's it's his, it's his future i mean like an achilles injury that's kind of tough to come back from i mean is well, he going to be the okafor- same player when he comes back Okafor's been okay. I mean, the Achilles isn't what it was even five years ago, six years ago. But the thing is, like, Andrew, as far as, you know, we're, we're locked in for the NFC Championship in the Super Bowl, but, like, getting injured in the middle of January is not ideal, obviously. Like, like he's probably not going to be back to being Rankins until December next year. If Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, I think if there's a position where it matters less, it's – and it's defensive tackle. I mean, I would be more worried about a receiver where, you know, you, you lose strength in your calf and you just don't have the same vertical leap or you're a running back and you, you just lose speed. Yeah. But, I mean, being a defensive tackle, it's all about power and, you know, and strength. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's got a quick first step and obviously you worry that he maybe loses a little bit of that. But, you know, as you get older – as a defensive tackle, it becomes more about technique and leverage and, and intelligence anyway. So uh, I think he'll be okay. I, I think, you know, for that position, you know, obviously it's going to be a long road back, but, um, you know, Okafor was able to do it. And I would say at defensive end, it's, it's tougher than defensive tackle. So yeah. I think he'll be back. Dave, when Michael Thomas renegotiate or negotiates his next extension, whether it's this summer or next off season, is he going to play this playoff game on a loop and just tell Mickey Loomis, whisper in his ear, pay me all the money. I yeah. want all the money. He's just going to show up to the negotiation table with game tape of <laughs> say, Saints. Uh, yeah, the playoff game, Saints-Eagles. Yeah. He's yeah. going to say, Mickey, just put in this DVD and uh, just watch this. That's, that's, my neg- that's, my, uh, that's my first offer to you. <laughs> I mean, Dave, where do you think yesterday ranked well, for like all time then, playoff then, performances? Then, then wait, did did Thomas play the last game of the season when Bridgewater was quarterback? <laughs> yeah, he did. Did he? 
Yeah, well, then Loomis is gonna Loomis is gonna play tape of Thomas when Bridgewater was quarterback <laughs> and be like, "Guess what? Drew's not your quarterback anymore." So you're taking what we give you, motherfucker. Uh, no, Thomas is gonna get paid. He's gonna get paid uh, big time. Um, as well, well he should. Here's a question I have for you guys. So after three seasons, Thomas is now ninth all time. In in receiving yards, um, and you know he's you know next year if he gets a thousand yards, I mean he's probably going to be fourth all time. Um, my view is there's a case to be made that he's already the best receiver in Saints history. Um, you know he's only played with the Saints for three years, so obviously you know you've got Colston, Eric Martin, and Joe Horn. I mean those are the three that come to mind. But I'm curious what you guys think. I mean, after he broke this playoff record, I know it's only been three years, but does he does he already enter that discussion? I think he does because I think his play, all three of his playoff games have been awesome. You know, like he was fantastic against Minnesota. He was fantastic against Carolina. He was fantastic yesterday. I mean, I think I think if he never played another down, you could make you could make you could make the case that he's the best receiver in Saints history right now. I think. I think he definitely makes the case, and he's 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 on the course to be the best Saints the best receiver in Saints history, and he's going about eighty five miles an hour. Like he's go, like if Drew Brees plays next year, fuck if he gets if Andrew if he gets fourteen hundred yards next year, where would that put him? Uh, I feel weird with. Andrew having shitty audio, Dave. I feel like that's my role to always have crappy audio. I don't know. He just hung up. <laughs> I guess he's going to call back. I guess so. There he is. There he is. A- there he is. Andrew, where would Michael Thomas be if he has 1,500 yards next year? Fourth all uh, fourth all time. Wow. So he would pass the Bramowitz, and he would be behind Colston Martin and uh, Joe Horn. So, I mean, it's we didn't get playoff Josh Hill, Dave, and I mean I, I, we got a little uh, taste. We just we got just a, a little a little taste. Kirk just would, a little Kirk little taste before the, before the NFC Championship when when Josh Hill. By the way, my player of the game. So don't think about taking that later later in the podcast. Josh Hill is going to have uh, six catches. <laughs> Six catches, 107 yards, NFC Championship. Well, he, he was my player of the game pick uh, last podcast. You, you, you were a little premature on that. You were a little yes. premature. But I, I thought I saw Kirkwood limp off. I did too. Um, oh, that's great. That's so fucking great. You know what I, that means? Tommy Lee Lewis time? No, it means playoff Austin Carr. Oh, my God. But I mean, how do we feel? How do, how do we feel? How do we feel about receiving the roster? Yeah, he's still on the roster. He was inactive. How do we feel about receiver, Dave? Um, <laughs> does it matter? We're throwing to Mike Thomas anyway. <laughs> we just need some guys to run around and just, you know, move some cornerbacks and give Michael Thomas some space. That might be my favorite answer you've ever given. Does it matter? <laughs> Ralph, do you have the uh, clip of Marcus Peters talking about Sean Payton? No, I don't. I should have. I feel, like, I feel like you should find that and play it. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about that. You know, here's the, here's the thing. Sean Payton, last week he did the motivation of he wheeled in the $200,000 with the Lombardi trophy. So clearly he's got to top himself this week. Is there any motivational stunt? that you could read from a legitimate NFL reporter that Sean Payton could do that you wouldn't believe he did it? If that makes sense. Is there any, is there anything too outrageous for you? But they know, I don't believe he did that. Like, and, and, and what does he, what do you think he does this week, Dave, to motivate the troops? Well, I have, I have no idea. I'm not even, I'm not even creative enough to even begin to, <laughs> to, to think I would know. Uh, I did like, I mean, I 
the locker room was awesome. I thought it was a nice touch to dim the lights and have like, you know, the colored strobe lights and the smog uh, <laughs> while Chapa was playing in the locker room. That was a nice touch. Coach Peyton. Andrew, you have any ideas? I went to a Christmas party recently uh, that was very similar, where Chapa was the live performer. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm dead serious. It was great. It was a great party. Andrew, what do you do to what do you think Sean Payton does to motivate the troops? I don't know. Does the Sean Payton naked? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't believe that. No. I mean, I guess you couldn't. I, I guess if I if I saw something where he had like, like rails of coke, wheeled out like some sort of. Oh scarf. no, I would believe that. Oh, I could believe like some sort of. <laughs> That's totally believable. Some sort of Scarface tie-in, that might be. That could be good. Who who do they th- who do you think they have? Oh wait, for the, you know what? You know I wait. You know you know what I bet he's been doing, in the locker room that we haven't even known about. You remember Major League? He's probably got a cardboard cutout <laughs> of Gale. And every time oh they win, God. they peel off a little piece of her, uh, of her, of her clothing. Yeah, but they, the, I, the major league, they hated the owner. I don't think they hate Gail necessarily. Maybe it's a Rita cardboard cutout. Oh, Rita. see, there you go. It's it's Rita. See, now that would work, Andrew. I like that. Um, uh, before we get to the Rams, and we got it. By the way, we got a ton of uh, questions. Um, you know, Andrew, tell the people we were me and you. I was, I was, twe- I was texting you today, and I said, "Is uh, is Pete's play? Is Pete's hand officially a concern?" And then, as soon as I texted you, uh, a beat reporter for the Saints said, "Yeah, his hand is broken." I said, "Yeah, his hand." And he had, a- and he said surgery a week ago. <laughs> Yeah, if it's officially a concern. But I guess my point is you give him credit for playing, and Dave, I want you to answer this too, but, like, at what point is – do you say, like, we got to play somebody else? Like, I feel like four penalties in his performance yesterday, it's really close to that line of, like, you can't go even if you want to play. Or am I wrong? Dave. Dave. Oh, you said I could answer that too because you would ask oh, me yeah. Andrew first. Okay, well now you go, Dave. <laughs> Good lord, your your questions are so long. You forget what the hell you're asking and who you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean the th- you know two of Pete's penalties weren't like holding or anything. It was just the fact that he was uh you know false starts because he obviously was trying to get a head start over everybody because uh, he probably knew he was a liability. Um. I don't know. The problem is you're playing the Rams. You're going up against Aaron Donald and Dominic and Sue. Uh, so I think uh, an injured Pete in that situation might be better than, uh, you know, a healthy uh, whoever the hell. I don't know. Bryce Harris is he, is he still on this team? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Or I get I or, you know I guess you could say you know you keep him out you let him get healthy and then you make then that way that that he should be good to go for the Super Bowl because you get two weeks for the Super Bowl but um, offensive line is definitely a concern for me for for this week. Andrew, what do they do if it's not Pete? Who do you think it? What do you think it would be? Um, I I think they would put Bushrod at left guard honestly. Um, I mean, I know, I know he's been playing tackle this year because Armstead's been hurt so much, but I just think in a game that they have to win, I mean, I, I, I think at this stage of his career, Bushrod's probably better off at guard than he is at tackle anyway. You know, that's what he was playing for Miami, and I just think Peyton's going to want somebody experienced that he can trust in a game like this. And, you know, it's, it's not that Cameron Tom or Will Clapp aren't capable, um, but I just think with the stakes as high as they are at this point, um, uh, Bushrod is probably the guy that comes in and is the most seamless just in terms of knowing what to do. Um, and so that would probably be my vote if Pete can't go. All right, let's play. Let's have a moment where Ralph tries to read the most difficult ad of his entire life. 
Uh, I'd like to take a second to tell you all about our new friends from Tick Splits, the official ticket provider of the Armchair Media <laughs> Network. Unlike other ticket providers that sneak in extra fees and unexplained service charges, at Tick Splits, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees don't prevent you from seeing the sporting event, concert, or broad- Broadway show of your choosing. Go to Tick Splits and enter the co- enter the promo code Armchair at checkout and receive five percent off your ticket purchase. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z dot com. Promo code armchair. Ticks, blitz, guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. I didn't, wasn't that terrible. Um, I can't right. believe you didn't blow that. I know. Can you, have, can you say ticks, blitz like three times fast? T- ticks, I thought he was going to end up saying dick pics. Dick pics. Dick pics. Uh, if they want to sponsor, if Dick, Dick Pitts wants to sponsor, don't take anybody's money. Uh, so we have questions. So who? this is from Dylan, Andrew. Who would you rather in the Super Bowl, Mahomes or Brady? Definitely Brady. Uh, I want Breeze to go 2-0 and against Manning and Brady, and I just think what that does for his legacy. I mean, I, listen, I, I just want the Super Bowl win, so I really don't care against who it is. I mean, I'm not going to be picky, but – uh, if I get the pick and assuming the Saints win the Super Bowl, I would love for Breeze to have both scalps of Brady and Manning. Yeah, John asks, is there any way to do a meetup with the pod listeners this coming weekend for the NFC Championship? John, we may do that. I have to say I was very excited. I was at Louis Armstrong International Airport waiting for my flight home, and thanks to Jason and Freddie, they were fans of the podcast. They came up to me, said hello. My dumbass, when Fred said, hey, Ralph, I love the show, I was like, how do you know what I look like? He's like, dumbass, you're on TV every Monday. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and Jason bought me a beer that I had to chug because I couldn't bring it on the plane with me. Um, so I did that. Uh, but that was nice. I appreciate both you guys uh, chatting with me. It was nice to meet. Oh, it's always- by the way, I, I was in Virginia in yeah. Charlottesville, and I, uh, I was at the grocery store getting beer before the game. And uh, IPAs. He was buying IPAs. Well, actually, my, my life. Yeah, my wife loves uh, Purple Haze, so I was getting her uh, a beat of Purple Haze, and um, I see this guy in a Camaro jersey. I couldn't believe it. You know, and you, we, we have a few Saints fans here in town, and actually one, one of my friends who's a Saints fan came over and watched the game with us. But uh, So I see this guy in a Camaro jersey, and I say who dat, and he says who dat back to me. So I'm like, all right, obviously this is a legit who dat Saints fan because – Last time I said who dat to someone that had Saints logos on their car, they looked at me like I was crazy. And, you know, it's <laughs> very clear to me after saying who dat and them just being like, huh, that they were just, you know, Saints fans for the last like year. And <laughs> they just bought the car used and never took the stickers off. Or, the or that or that. Yeah. But uh, so I tell this guy who, dat, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I say like, are you know, are you from New Orleans? And he said, no, I, uh, I grew up with Aaron Brooks and I was good friends with Aaron Brooks. And so, you know, I've just been all in ever since. And, and, uh, I'm a saints fan now. And, uh, and so then, you know, I, I, we start talking about our shirts and like, are they good luck shirts? And he's like, yeah, Camara like has worked well for me this year. And he sees my podcast shirt. Cause I was wearing that or no, sorry. I had a hoodie over it, but I said, yeah, I'm wearing a podcast shirt under this. And, uh, he's like, wait, what podcast are you? And I was like, you know, it's, on the SB Nation site, and he said, "Wait, is it Saints Happy Hour podcast?" Yeah, I said, yeah, and, and he listened to us. So this this guy ran into in the grocery store in Virginia, worldwide, knew of the podcast. And we're, we're worldwide. We're uh, world Dave, famous, man. Yeah. Dave, Dave, you had you have people come into the Campus Connection to know you, so we were we're famous. So this is yeah. from Evan, Dave. This is a great question. What scenario of yesterday's game? is more stressful the way it unfolded or the reverse the saints go up 20 to nothing and the eagles are roaring back but fall just short what would have been more stressful this the second actually oh totally i i, I like to be the underdog and i like i like for us to yeah nick to if the saints had been up 20 to nothing and they had scored twice and nick Foles was driving again jesus fucking christ i'd be dead i'd be dead uh let's see um what is your dream what is your what is your dream scenario for the Super Bowl, Andrew, apart from the Saints winning? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really thought. Well, Falcons, Atlanta fans are already freaking out about the possibility of a Saints-Patriots Super Bowl in Atlanta on their own yeah. turf. That's I mean, my I, problem. I, 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 I just feel like the Saints winning in Atlanta is going to be such torture for Falcons fans in of well, itself. No, it, it, not, it, not to mention like New Orleans, a New Orleans Saints just party on Sunday night in Atlanta. Not to mention us winning 28-3. Well, that's my column this week. That's my column for this week is I want the Saints New England because it it makes it just basically is an is the 11th circle of hell for Falcon fans because <laughs> you you either have to they it'll force them to root for the Patriots who shattered their hopes and dreams forever. They have to root for the team that they couldn't close out and came back and 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 it make makes them a punchline for eternity, twenty eight to three. Atlanta fans will be forced to root for the fucking Patriots because they is can't. Any, root for the, they can't root any for the Saints. Some of them, or you think there's any chance some of them might root for the Saints? No, no way. No. Because the thing, because the thing is, if the Saints get to the Super Bowl and it's Saints Patriots, one thing is. Atlanta just becomes New Orleans East because Saints fans are going to overtake Atlanta in a in a way that I don't think America is ready for. Uh, people, New Orleans is just going to have thousands of people there that have no intention of going to the game. They just want to party, you know. And we did it in Miami, but I think in Atlanta it'll be a different thing. And I just want Atlanta fans. They would rather, I think, if it's Saints New England. I think they would rather. Their lives just end like the Sopranos did, and it goes to black before the game started. Like that's how painful it would be. I mean, can you imagine that? In if the Saints, if if Atlanta was playing in the Super Bowl against the team that the Saints blew a twenty-five point lead to in the Super Bowl, like that'd be a fucking nightmare. Um, oh my God! Please let this happen. <laughs> We're um, so close. We are so close. Can you? Uh, let's see. Can you, Andrew? Can you remember a saltier fan? Oh, this is a good. This is from St. James. Are the Andrew? Are the Eagles the classiest team ever? Once they got a lead, they stopped scoring for the rest of the game. Really taught Peyton how to play with class. <laughs> Dude, that reporter that was whining oh about Sean Peyton uh. Uh, being rude to her. I mean, you said it before. The Philadelphia fans are the worst. And I can't tell you how many texts I got from other fans, just football fans. They were like, thank you for beating the Eagles. I just, there's so <laughs> many people that beat them. And especially up here, like they're everywhere. You know, any bar you go to to watch games, there's like tons of Eagles fans and they're always so obnoxious. Eagle fans are the worst. Eagles media is annoying as fuck because Philadelphia, their, their sports media is so aggressive and – to get noticed, you have to be an asshole. So all they want to do is be confrontational to be confrontational, right? And it's just exhausting. Uh, this is from JP. Is your is your battery lasting the entire second half more impressive than Jesus Jesus feeding 5,000 with a few loaves of bread and a fish? Uh, yeah, I forgot my battery uh, for my phone. So my phone was at like 14% at the beginning of the third quarter and I had to conserve that thing to make it all the way through. And I did it and it was amazing. I walked out of the dome at 2%. It was one of the proudest moments of my life to be able to, to be able to conserve battery yet still tweet. It was impressive. Um, uh, what, when are Sean Payton and, uh, Marcus Peters having gumbo, Dave? Explain to me this the backstory with this. Andrew, explain the quote. So Sean Payton, you know, they asked about Michael Thomas after the game because he, Michael Thomas tore up. That was probably his best game of the year against the Rams. And uh, Sean Payton, you know, said, "Yeah, we like the matchup." Talking about Sean Payton, I mean, uh, Mike Thomas against Marcus Peters, and then he kind of pauses and he said, "We like the matchup a lot." And so after he threw that out there, of course, a Rams, uh, a Rams reporter goes up to Peters and asks him that. And uh, Peters just straight up goes, well, I wish Ralph, I wish Ralph, you could play it for us if you can find it. But he, he said something like, yeah, you can tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit because we're going to see him again. 
All right, you keep talking that shit. We're gonna go have a nice bowl of gumbo, something <laughs> like that. So, I mean, Sean Payton is one of the most hated coaches by other fan base. Like, like fans that are like not Atlanta and that hate Sean Payton because Sean Payton is a is a cocky, arrogant son of a bitch. And P, like he just Sean Payton, we love him because he goes for it and fourth down. He's arrogant, like thing Andrew just explained. It's fun for us. Other fan bases look at him and like, that dude is a dick. And they, and they hate him. Um, so let's see. Uh, Alright, I found it. You guys ready? Yeah. Right, yeah. Hopefully you can hear this. Hold on. Keep talking that shit. We're gonna see him soon. You feel me? Fair enough. Yeah. Because I like what he was saying on the sidelines too. So I tell him to keep talking that shit and I hope you see me soon. You feel me? And then we're going to have a good little, nice little bowl of gumbo together. Sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> could, you could you guys hear that? We could. All right, cool. Yeah, when when was this? When did he say after this? The game, this, was, after this, was like, this was like uh, a couple days after the Saints played the Rams. Yeah. Um, all right, let's see. These are all Rams questions, which we'll get to in the pick. Um, what was bigger? The Saints fans... Uh, uh, chubby after the Taysom Hill touchdown play or the Sean Payton anger that the play he had been saving all season was called back, Dave? What do you Which think? one was what? What's what the question? Was, what, was, what was bigger? Your erection after Taysom Hill threw the touchdown pass or Sean Payton's rage because it got called back because of a penalty? My pants got pretty tight after that play. <laughs> is all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, I mean, Andrew, that play was the bad. only way. The only way my pants get tighter, and it's gonna happen in the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, is when Taysom throws to Breeze for the touchdown. <laughs> Andrew, what kind of what kind of trick play do you think Sean Payton has ready for the Rams with Taysom Hill? Um. I think that's a good question. Um, I still keep waiting for the pass to Drew Brees, man. Yeah. At some point, it's got to come, right? Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're running out of time here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's very little left to do with Taysom Hill that we haven't seen at this point. Yeah. I think the play with Taysom Hill is just – a team fucking up on the read option and him going like 70 yards. I think that's the play that happens uh, one of these times. And it could happen with the Rams because the Rams don't really give a shit about the run. They're just all about sacking the quarterback. Okay, before we get to the, the, the game pick, the NFL playoffs are here. It is time to get in on the action with my bookie. Don't be the guy with no rooting interest as your relatives or friends sit around watching the games. Not this year when the 53, when the 53rd Super Bowl is around the corner. It really is the most wonderful time of the year. Make sure you are ready with daily action by signing up at my bookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service. We offer the craziest props. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. If you want to make money during bowl season or the playoffs you got to go to my bookie trust them but you don't have to take my word for it check them out for yourself join now and my bookie will offer you 50 percent deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for the rest of the playoffs use the promo code happy when you deposit to activate the offer that's promo code happy at my bookie you play you win you get paid uh terms and restrictions do apply uh all right Saints hosting the NFC Championship Day. Uh, Andrew and me are not attending. Uh, my brother wanted to attend, so I will not be. Uh, Andrew, you are saving your wad for the Super Bowl. You have mm -hmm. been doing. You have been. You have declared this. You declared this middle of the year. Dave, you will be in attendance. Uh, so, I, Dave, I will start with you. The Saints currently are a three-point favorite. Who you got? I mean, I can't. I can't pick against the Saints now, right? <laughs> that would be that would be a little ridiculous. Um, now, obviously, I'm going to take the Saints. Uh, you know the the matchup between our offensive line, which is 
you know, pretty banged up against their defensive line, which is pretty, pretty, pretty good. They looked good uh, against Dallas, man. Sue yeah. looked yeah. Sue looked like he's kind of underachieved all year, but he looked like Sue um, that we wanted the Saints to sign. Yeah, I'm 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 glad you mentioned that because I was watching that game and uh, I I agree. I thought they looked very good, and I almost texted you guys and saying, "Shit, I don't know if I want to play the Rams." Um, but uh, I still think their secondary is whatever, uh, you know. And Peyton likes the matchup. I think Talib uh, is washed. Yeah. So I mean, the good news is I think we ought to have have some success passing. We just got to get Drew a little bit of time. Um, and like I said earlier, uh, the Rams need to come out to a fast start and put up a lot of points early because, you know, if everything goes the way it's been going for the Saints and the defense, uh, they're going to shut it down in the second half, if not sooner. Um, so I'm going to go. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to be going to the game. Uh it's it's been a long time. It's been eight years since, or nine years since the last NFC Championship game. And to be honest, are you taking? Are you going to take the same person you took to the last half game? Yes, my wife. Yes, I am. Wait, I thought your wife didn't go with you to the soccer. She didn't go. Oh no, I'm taking Goodbye. the same person I took. I'm taking the same person I took to the 2010 NFC Championship. Oh, awesome. Okay, yes. awesome. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I know. I, to, really, really, to be honest with you, last night I was thinking about it. Like, I, I, I thought it was going to be a lot longer before I was going to get this opportunity again, and to be able to see an NFC Championship game for the Saints in the Superdome. If I'm, if I'm being real, if I'm being really real with you guys, I uh, thought it was I, last year when they lost to New England. I wrote a column that it was all fucking over. Yeah, I'm so with you, Dave. Yeah, I, I am I'm I am pleasantly, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised to be talking with you guys here today in mid January and still talking about Saints football. Um I am gonna enjoy the hell out of it. My in laws said they're gonna take the kids. My wife and I can go down early and uh enjoy the day down there, which is exactly what we did back in two thousand ten. Um uh so anyway, back to the game. Uh I'm gonna say uh Rams, I'm going to say they get 17 before the half, and that's what they're going to end up with. And I'll say Saints uh, 21. It's going to be close. It's not going to be as high scoring as uh, Vegas probably thinks it's going to be. And uh, like I said, I'm going to go, what the hell? I'm going to go Josh Hill. All right, Andrew. We're going to get into the matchup like every day, and you should be a pay, you should become a patron, and that way you can get me and Andrew doing all kinds of crazy stuff during the week, uh, X's and O's and all that and ridiculousness. You can become a patron. It's as low as a dollar, but you can pay $3.28, get a magnet, $5, become get a, in, the, in the patron spotlight raffle, $12, get a T-shirt, other things. It's fantastic. You should do it. But, Andrew, I want you to explain – before you make your pick, your theory that you had that you talk, told me yesterday about Jared Goff and how the Rams like to run their offense and how the Saints' crowd noise may fuck it up. Well, I, I just watching them play the Cowboys and, and watching the Rams a good bit of the season, they really like to get their play call in and just s- set up you know, with 25 seconds left on the play clock. And then from there... Goff can kind of move guys around and call audibles, but, you know, and give him kind of 20 seconds to manipulate his, his alignment and his players, how he wants it, depending on the look they get defensively. So I I think he's still getting, he's, I think they set up so early at the line that he's getting, he's still got McVay in his ear when he's at the line. That's right. That's right. Yep. So I think, you know, the crowd noise, when you look at, Goff, he's getting the thing in his ear like while their guys are in line ahead of him. And then he's got this responsibility to give the play call, disseminate it to all the linemen and the playmakers. And, and all it takes is like one or two guys that miss, miss here or misunderstand their assignment. And then you got to call a timeout or, you know, you get a false start or you get a guy running a wrong route. So, I mean, it's critical for the Saints fans to be as loud, if not louder than they were against the Eagles. And to really be loud for the entirety of the play clock. Because, you know, I think when you're 
when, when you're playing a traditional team, you know, sometimes it's best to be really loud in the huddle and then, and then you can kind of bring the noise level down a little bit until they get to the line of scrimmage and they're starting the audibles and the hard count. But the way the Rams do it, I actually think you need to sustain the volume level really from as soon as they're aligned, which is you know early in the play clock for like a full 25 seconds, you know, while he's doing all his audibles and stuff. So I think there's an opportunity here for the Saints fans based on the way the Rams like to set up their offense to really screw up uh, their the way they like to do things. And I just think it the Rams were like, hey, it wasn't that loud last time. I'm like, last time was different, uh, and it's going to be louder. But, Andrew, your pick. Yeah, I, I don't think the Saints played very well. I mean, obviously, they didn't play very well against the Eagles. And I just, again, like, I think this sets up pretty well. I, I really think, like, all of the media is going to pick the Rams. Um, I think it's it's going to we're going to get heavy. You think so? You really? I think I think we're going to get Rams. heavy Rams picks this week. Um, you know, the Saints offensive line is banged up, and Rankins is out, and I think you know the the Rams looked really strong against the Cowboys. So, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be talking them up. I, I think the Saints are going to come to this game and. You know, they're going to be at home and they're going to be motivated and they're going to win 37 to 14. And let me tell you something about the defense. They held, they held the Eagles scoreless for three quarters. You know, the vaunted Chicago Bears defense in Chicago in cold weather was not able to do that. So, you know, this defense, they've been playing on a kind of next level for a while now. And I think the Saints... It's going to be the opposite. I think it, they're going to get up early, maybe 10 nothing. It's going to be the opposite of the start against the Eagles. They're going to get off to a better start. And I think the Rams are going to press because they're going to realize that this run defense is stopping Gurley, and they're going to have to start chucking the ball. And I think Goff is going to make mistakes. He's going to throw a pick six. And I just think, I, I think it's going to be like the Patriots uh, playoff game against the Chargers this weekend where – you know, the Chargers are a good team, and they've had a great season, and a lot of people were expecting them to come in and give the Patriots a really tough game. Um, but I just – I'm still not a firm believer in McVay and the Rams. I think, you know, it's, it, they've got a lot of star power, and McVay's a very smart offensive coach. Um, but I just think they, they've spent a lot of money on washed-up players, and I don't know how much discipline they have. And – I don't know. I just feel like the Saints are going to surprise some people this weekend and win big. I'm picking Saints 37 to uh, to 14, and I'm going to say Demario Davis is your MVP with a pick six and a fumble recovery. All right. I picked the game 75 to 2 this morning with Eric Paulson, but I'm not going to say 75 to 2, but I'm going to say 45 to 14. And I'm going to give co-MVPs to three separate people. What the hell are you guys smoking? Marcus Davenport is going to have two and a half sacks. Eli Apple is going to have a pick six. And Mickey Loomis is going to be drunk in the press box telling everybody how awesome he is. Because the trade for Eli Apple, the trade up for Davenport is going to be what salts it away. And it's going to be magical, and it's going to be a party from start to finish because I don't believe in Jared Goff. That's it. I know the Saints line is beat up. And here's the thing, Dave. I think the Saints, we knew they were going to have one of these three playoff games, whichever one it was. One of them was going to have to be the great escape. One of them is probably going to be pretty close. And one of them is going to be an ass stomping. Sunday is the ass stomping. And it's going to be the Rams. And it's going to be glorious. Mostly because I don't believe in Jared Goff. But also because I can't attend. And when I can't attend a Saints game that I want to attend, they usually do very well. Saints 45-14. to 14, Suck it, Rams. We're going to Atlanta. It's going to be miserable for Falcon fans. That's my pick. Uh, so, uh, that wraps it up. I'm going to play it. So, so, so. Dave, Andrew, should I play the regular close music or should I play the playoff uh, 
open close again? What should I do to oh, take I, us out? We gotta think, stick with what worked. I yeah. think you know the answer to that question. Yeah. New Orleans. Drink the Kool-Aid, man. Keep your fire lit. 94. It was spectacular. Number seven. It was electric. That line. If I do my job well today, we'll all remember where we were. Hovering just off the surface. Run over the goal line, through the end zone, and up the tunnel. Number nine. A lot of people looked up to this man. Life just cannot get any better than this moment. Live it while we're here. And they're going to run across the Jumbotron. Let's make it a place where we break a sweat, where we believe, where we enjoy the process of succeeding in the places and ways that we are fashioned to, where we don't have to look over our shoulder because we're too busy doing what we're good at. Traveling towards immortal finish lines, we write our own book, overcoming our fears. We make friends with ourselves. And that is the place that I'm talking about.